All right, audience feedback time. Give me some of your favorite things about fall. Leaves changing colors. What else? Temperatures? Football. Football. Uh, Get your spirit up. There you go. Anything else? Everything's about fall. Do what? Candy corn. Uh, hot tamales in the fall. Yeah, if, if you're at our house in the fall, there will be candy corn. And I will not be the one eating the candy corn. But uh, it, it will be there. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 11, if you will. We're going to look today at, uh, as we look and talk about seasons of life, we looked last week at the dry heat, the parched nature with which we leave summer sometimes, this, the, 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 not only this, the physical summers, but the spiritual summers of our life, how we were just kind of, is this it? Is this as good as it gets? And, and in those dry times, when the heat's turned up, we found out what we're made of. We, we talked about that. We'll talk a little more about it again today. But the best thing about summer is fall comes after it. And fall follows. Look at, the, if you will, the verses 13 to 15 of Deuteronomy 11, and we'll see what, what to glean from the fall. So, verse 13, so if you faithfully obey the commands I'm giving you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart, with all your soul, then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains, so that you may gather in your grain new wine and oil. I'll provide grass in the fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. Several things I want us to see from this text. Uh, first is this. Fall is the season to be all in. It's the season to find ourselves all in. Look at verse 13 again. If you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today, to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Serve him with all your heart and all your soul. The uh, leaving the hot, dry season of summer is something most of us are pretty anxious to do. Uh, but that's easier to do if we know fall's coming. If we know a season of refreshment and replenishment is coming. Uh, when fall comes, we can start to see the blessings again, the opportunities again that we couldn't see in the dryness of summer, in the heat of the moment, in the heat of, of circumstances that were beyond our control. As fall starts to, to, to weave its way into our life, as the, as the spiritual temperatures start to cool a little bit, as, as the circumstances start to, start to find themselves waning a little bit, we start to see, aha, uh-huh, okay, that was probably about this, and that was about this. And we start to make some sense of, of the heat and the, and the circumstances of the moment that was difficult to see in the moment. Uh, but he talks about these blessings here and opportunities again, but he talks about them being tied to obedience here. He says, serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. I'm going to rain down on you. But the rain is conditional upon your being all in with me. It's conditional upon your being, your being at the place where I have all of your mind, all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your will. Uh, he's not describing an, an obedience of convenience here, but something we pour all of ourselves into, such that, uh, that when we come to him with all of our heart, we're coming to him with all, all we have. When we come to him with all of our soul, we're coming to him with all that we are. It, it, this whole idea of... of being vested and invested in his ways and his will and his plan for our life. Um, this speaks to the core, really, who we are and digs deep enough to where we have to ask ourselves, are we posers or are we the real deal? 
Has the heat refined us to the extent that we've seen who we really are and the metal that we're made of once, once the dross has been burned away and, and heat has a way of revealing what's real and what isn't? And once it burns away the, the fluff, burns away the packaging, what we're left with is really who we are. And it's who we are following him with all of our heart and all of our soul. It's who we are vested in him. Is, are, are we all in with him? Um, the, the, the heat, as I said, has a way of, of dissuading those things and putting those things on the back burner and burning them away to where folks are left with in the middle of trial and hardship and, and circumstances looking and seeing it, seeing the real us. Now, in seeing the real us in, in, in the heat of the moment, what are they seeing? Are they seeing somebody who is all in? Are they seeing somebody who is, who is vested and invested in all God wants us to be? Or are they seeing somebody that's panicked, somebody that's anxious, somebody that's, that's looking for escape at, at every corner and every turn? Or do they see somebody that's walking at peace, not because they like the circumstances at all. We don't have to like the circumstances we're in. But walking at peace because we know God has designed that. And we know he has plans for those kinds of things. Well, the heat cuts away at those kinds of things and, and exposes and reveals who we really are, whether we're all in or we're not. Whether the essence of who we really are, all of our heart and all of our soul, are all in with him. The second thing is this. Fall is the season not only to be all in, but it's the season to be refreshed. Look at the first part of verse 14 with me. Then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains. I'll send rain on your land in its season. Then is always a pivotal word in Scripture. You know why? Because then is usually tied to something of value. Do this, then you'll see that. Do this, then you'll understand that. Then is always a pivotal word in Scripture, and God uses it to, uses it to juxtapose where our minds are from where our minds should be. What we're thinking about now from what we should be dwelling on all the time. He says here, when you serve him with all your mind and all your heart, then will the rains come. The rains are conditional upon our, 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 our buy-in to him. Uh, it's, it's tied here to, he ties this refreshment to, to rain, using rain to symbolize. In the, both the autumn and spring rains, they're tied to your obedience. You, you, you sell out all into me, and I will, I will send rain to you in abundance. I'll refresh you again in abundance. We saw that in verse, in verse 13, that, that it's tied to, to who we are in him. Uh, when, that's, when that's the case, when he finds it to be true, when he finds us to be all in, he empties the cupboard for us. <laughs> he opens the whole kitchen up and says, okay, it's all yours. Whatever, you, whatever to eat, whatever to drink, whatever... And, and, and the cupboard is is well stocked for us, as you can find, as you can see in Scripture. Uh, kind of reminds me of a of a mission trip I took one time to to Philadelphia to do some work on uh, Pastor John Candy's uh, building, build some bathrooms for him in his mission center. And uh, uh, he took us to eat at a pizza place that night. Or I think the second night there, we were working until fairly late, nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. Hadn't had any dinner. And getting pretty starved. Let's go to Mimo's Pizza. Mimo sounds good to me. So we go to Mimo's Pizza. We're the only ones in the joint, by the way, in a pretty sketchy part of town. Uh, but anyway, we pull up, uh, pull this 15-passenger van up to Mimo's. I don't know, 10, 12 guys get out, hungry guys get out. Heading into Mimo's Pizza. I see their, their uh, uh, Supreme Deluxe, their big, gigantic, whatever it is. It's a 24-inch pizza. So, and I asked the guy, I said, what's on that Supreme Deluxe? He said, about everything you see on that board up there. I said, we'll take one of those. So we sit down and get our drinks, and he brings a pizza out that's 
two feet in diameter, but it's about this thick also. I mean, it's got beef and sausage and pepperoni and steak and, and chicken and 15 kinds of cheeses and 43 vegetables on it. I mean, it's just, it's, I could do well to eat one piece. And I, I, as I saw that coming out to our table, my, my worry was when I ordered it, this isn't going to be enough. We're not going to have enough to eat. These guys are hungry. They worked all day long. This isn't going to be enough. When I saw what he was bringing to the table, I got this kind of sense that he's emptied the cupboard. He's opened up the whole kitchen, and, and it's all on this pizza right here. And I got, I got that sense of we are well provided for. In fact, the, the ten, eight or ten of us that were there couldn't eat it all. It was that, that, that thick and that much food. And I, I was reminded of that story as I, as I saw this here, that that's the kind of thing he's talking about with, this, with, with the rain that he sends after the summer is to say, listen, all of what I am is available to you. Step up and eat. We're going to share together in the Lord's table in just a few moments. We'll talk more about that. But he says, the cupboard is empty for you. The, these kinds of things, should refre- you should be refreshed by the food that you find in my, at my table and at my feet. And those kinds of things are to, are to bring that kind of refreshing spirit to us. When he rains his spirit on us, which is supposed, what's supposed to happen in this room every Sunday. I hope you come with expectation that God, we're going to meet God here today, and we should every week. And so if that happens in this place, we should leave change because we've been in contact and touched by a holy God. And so we should come with those kind of expect, expectations to be refreshed and renewed and, and experience his reign down on us. But when that happens here, it greens us up from, from, from dry summer. I was uh, mowing my yard on Friday, and would take about a 20, 30-foot path and sneeze and take another 20, 30 feet and sneeze. I mean, just, my yard was just so dry. We had not had any rain out there in a while. And I'm, I, it's, a, it's a dust bowl. And so, uh, but I, I'd like a short dust bowl instead of a tall dust bowl, so I'm mowing it anyway. probably shouldn't have. But, uh, but I, I just I couldn't wait to get back inside and get, get a Gatorade and get, get kind of replenished and, and, and greened back up again from, from how dry I was. And, and that's, uh, that's what the body of Christ is supposed to do. This, this should be on Sundays for you a spiritual spa. We, we should come with those kinds of expectations. The only time I've ever been to a spa, by the way, uh, our, our kids got us a, a gift certificate to Grove Park Inn in Asheville. Sit over there for a couple of nights, and they've got an incredible spa. So we, and I went to be a part of the spa and experienced all the spa had to offer. And there's all kinds of jet pools and you know hot tubs and. But I found this spot in this little little waist-sized pool in 115-degree water. It was about a 10- or 12-foot waterfall that was about 24 inches wide. And the water was peppering down. And if you've known me long enough, you know I have neck problems and back problems. I have since a high school neck injury. And so it's, it's stiff and sore about all the time. You know, it's, it's a part of life now. But I got under that spa, under that waterfall, and just kind of crossed my arms let that thing beat my neck and back to death for about 30, 30 minutes solid. And I've never felt better in my life. Uh, in fact, I, on the drive home, I was trying to ponder through, how can I get one of those in my bathroom? How can I get a, how can I re- retro my bathroom to get a 10-foot waterfall hitting me in the, on the shoulders? And it was just, I mean, I, I came out of that deal kind of, I'm feeling 15 again. I, feel, I, I think I've got it again. I think I can go back and, and, and this those, that's how we should respond spiritually when we leave this place on Sunday. We, we should glean enough from God and enough from each other that I'm pretty refreshed. I mean, I think I can take on the week again. I can take on my job again. I can take on some frustration again that's, that's been a part of my life. And we should leave refreshed. That's what the early church did. You go back and look at, in the book of Acts. 
And they came together to, to, to meet each other's needs, to, to, to pray over each other, to, to share with each other, to, to love on each other. And, they, and they, left, they left refreshed, and it was contagious. And the people they came in contact with, the Lord, as Scripture says, added to their number daily those who were being saved. Why? Because they were, they were, they were doing body life together like it's supposed to be done. And, and they were refreshed by that. Thirdly, fall is the season, first of all, to be all in, all in to be refreshed. But thirdly, it's the season to gather the harvest. Look at the last part of verse 14 with me. He says, Then I'll send rain on your land in a season, both autumn and spring rain, so that, watch, you may gather in your grain new wine and oil. You may gather in your grain new wine and oil. Not only is, is fall a time for refreshing, but it's a time for gleaning. It's a time for gathering. It's a time for harvesting. And he has given us all we need to do that. In, in, in the circumstantial summers we've come through to learn the lessons to now glean and, and value uh, the right things in the fall. As a, as a church planter the last almost 30 years, uh, my life and, and, and my, my pay scale is, is starting, starting new churches has, has necessitated me doing side work to begin with, and same case has been here. And most of that side work I've done has been remodeling. And, and uh, Vince has helped me some. Lynn's helped me a lot. Uh, and in doing, going into someone's house and, and trying to attempt something, some kind of remodeling job for them, a bathroom, a kitchen, or whatever else, it's my job to know what tools are needed. It's my job to equip whoever's helping me with the tools they need to do the job and the knowledge they need to, to, to do it well. And that's kind of the nature of what he's saying here. He's saying, listen, I'm going to send rains, but the rains have an effect. The rain should bring about a harvest. You don't just observe the rain to, to, to observe the rain. You observe the rain so that it greens everything up for harvest, and we can now glean the things that were not gleanable in the summer when it was dry. We can now receive and, 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 and uh, repatriate ourselves with the, with the nature of who God is, being filled up again with, with all that he is. And so we can stock up on the things that, that are important to, for, for fall, for autumn, and that's kind of what he's saying in this passage. Why is it important to do that? Because winter's just around the corner. Winter's coming again. A dry season's coming again. We, uh, we at our house every summer, and we just finished up, how many bushels of beans did we, two, two bushels of beans, we broken, strung beans for a while, canning 20-something quarts of beans. We do that every year, green beans. And we're working on corn this weekend. I shucked uh, five dozen ears of corn yesterday, and Leanne's been working on that last night. Uh, Silking and boiling and cutting and freezing and we freeze freeze all of our corn. You know why we do that? Because winter's coming. Good luck finding some good green beans and corn in the wintertime. Unless it comes out of a can. No thanks. Uh, if you enjoy canned corn, great. Happy for you. I'm just not a canned corn guy. I want fresh corn coming out of my freezer. And so that's why we do that in, in this season. So that we, Because we know winter's coming. We know we want to have something good to eat as opposed to just when it's harvest time and eating it all up in harvest time, but to, to put some aside for when it's, when it's kind of slim pickings. So here's, here's a question that, that forces me to ask, and I hope you will of yourself. What does a kingdom harvest look like? What's a kingdom harvest look like? I would submit to you two things. One is this. I think it, first of all, looks like a, a deeper, wiser, more seasoned, more mature version of yourself. Why? Because I've walked through a hard, hot, dry, summer parched season of, tr of trials of, hard, of a hard place spiritually. And now I'm, com I'm coming into fall, and, and the fall should, should green me up 
And the fall should deepen my root system because why? I'm experiencing the fullness of God again. And I, 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 it wasn't that long ago I was wondering, where are you? I mean, my circumstances are saying, you're, you're nowhere to be found, yet I know your, your word promises you're with me and you're in me. But where I don't feel you, I don't sense your presence, but I do again. And so th- those, th- the, the combination of, the, of those things should wise me, make me a wiser, deeper, uh, deeper, more deeply rooted in my faith than I was before. And it's, that, it should have that kind of effect on us, the, the, the harvest should. The second thing is, is we should glean other Christ followers around us. The stories of what God has done in our lives and through our circumstances should be a, a witness. Your life should be a witness, a testimony to the fact that God is good when circumstances aren't. That he's faithful even. That he's there, that he's present, that he's at work. When your life, the circumstances of your life aren't saying so. Why? Because his word promises it. Do I sense it in fall and I feel him in fall? And I, yes, and he's good again. But he was good then too, even when I couldn't feel him. Even when I didn't know where he was at. He was good then because he was working in and around me for things I couldn't even see, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't glean in the moment that I can see and glean and understand now. Uh, it, it looks more like a seasoned, wiser version of yourself, and it looks more like other believers around you. Your story and my story needs to be told. Why? Because the louder witness in your life is not when things are clicking. The loudest witness in your life is when life isn't working. Is God still God? Can you still trust him? Can you still depend on him? Is he still there? Is he still at work? Does he still love you? The answer to those is yes, 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 and yes. But it doesn't feel like it sometimes, does it? That's the louder witness because those in your life are seeing the hard place you're walking through and are questioning, let's see if his God's real now. It's, you know, life is <clears throat> throwing him a bowl of, you know what, let's see if it's real now. Let's see, if, let's see where his God is now. Let's see if he's, if he's trustworthy now, if, he, if, he's, if he's follow-worthy now. And those, those trials, those hard places, those dry spots tell a much louder story than, than the green does. The dry spots say, yes, he's here. I, I, can, I can trust him. I, I put my faith in him. I know that he's here because he promised in his word that he would be. And I, see him, I sense him and feel him today. I didn't yesterday. But I know yesterday he was there just as well as he is today. Your life should should be a reflection, a witness of those things. And folks are going to be drawn to those kind of stories. I tell you, they will. But sooner or later, we're going to have to to mesh the stories. God's story and our story have intersected at the cross. And the cross changed us forever. And now his story is our story. We're gleaning the fact that because that intersection occurred... The gospel has now, has now changed me. It's not, not only changed my, my eternity, but it's changed my tomorrow as well. And those kind of stories need to be connected because I'm going to tell you, a lost world can see your faith in a hard place, but yet never connect the dots to Jesus. We're going to have to eventually verbally, by way of our story, connect the, connect the dots to Jesus. Now, if relationship is already, if that already exists, that's an easier story. If it doesn't, it takes time to earn the, earn the right to share your faith. And, and don't, don't, uh, don't give up on the fact that that has to be earned. But when you've earned it, step in because the Spirit will pave the way for you. I promise you he will, he will pave the way that your story can only do in their life. And uh, that's the kind of harvest we're talking about gleaning. Um, when we can develop a habit of that, in other words, when we can string together some seasons in our life and folks can observe, well, that was a hard place for them, for their marriage, for his job, for their that the loss of that loved one was a hard place. The health problem is a hard place. We can string together some seasons of dryness and seasons of richness and seasons of dryness and seasons of 
plenty and harvest it. When we can string those together, that, that story tells a louder witness than anything else we could ever say. Yet, we need to verbalize it to, to, to those around us to say, yeah, that was tough. And I didn't feel very Christian in those moments. I didn't feel God at all sometimes in those moments, but I knew he was there because his spirit was in my heart and his word tells me that he is. Today I sense him and I feel him, but he was there then too, and he will be there for you then too. You're in a hard place today. You need Jesus today to understand the hard place. Tell those stories and glean those kinds of harvests because I'm going to tell you, your story is palpable. It, it, is, it is believable because it's yours, and those around you and in your world see it. You don't think they do, but they do. Finally, the fourth thing is this. Fall is a season to find satisfaction. Look at verse 15. I'll provide grass in the fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. I'll provide grass, you'll eat and be satisfied. Now, notice here that he provides for the cattle who provides food for them. He's ahead of them on the food chain, working ahead of them on the food chain. That's a pivotal, that's a pivotal uh, Christian principle It's this. God is always at work ahead of you to do something provisional in you. Get that. He is always at work ahead of you to do something provisional in you. He's ahead of you today. He's working. You can't see it. You don't understand it. He's ahead of you this week. He's ahead of you a month ahead. He's ahead of you a decade ahead. He's ahead of you a lifetime. God is always working ahead of you to do something provisional in you. So, question, have you ever given thought to what, what it takes to really satisfy you? Have you given thought to what it takes to really make you satisfied, make you, bring you to a place of, like I left that spa that, that day after that, that waterfall massage. What's it take to get you to that place? A good marriage that works, a job that's clicking, good sex, a good meal, good friendships, good relationships. What's it take to get you to a place of satisfaction? What does satisfaction look like for you? Because only you can define that for you. But he, he, he says here that in this verse, satisfaction goes much deeper than, than those things, than, than, than marriage and job. And he says, I'm talking about a satisfaction that <clears throat> is, compared to those things, immeasurable. It's an immeasurable satisfaction. He, he, he says that uh, this satisfaction will, <laughs> will draw us to where it's easier for us to, to step all in. Why? Because we know God's already there. It's easier for us to invest all of our time, talent, and treasure with him because he's already ahead of us, and we've sensed him, have seen him, seen his hand before, and have a track record of markers in our life to where we've seen that's where God is. I'm all over that. That's the kind of satisfaction he's talking about, to say even ahead of time, I know before I step into that I'm going to be satisfied by God. I can't see the circumstances, but I know he's going to feed me and fill me in that moment. Why? Because I'm choosing to step all in with him, as we, as we saw back in verse 13. I wonder, though, um, if that's the version people see of us, the authentic version, or the, if, if they see the version with, with mascara and makeup on, or if they see the version of, I have more toys than you in my garage on. I wonder which version they see of us. If they see the raw, kind of unearthed version of the real us and says, that's a person that's real, and their God is real, or at least he is to them. I know it. I've seen it in their life. I wonder which which us they're seeing, the made-up version or the authentic version, the real version, the poser or the one who says, I'm his, and I'm unashamedly his, I'm all in with him, and I don't care who knows that or sees that out of my life. Uh, so a question, are you finding satisfaction in your life? Uh, or are you like many 
settling for, for cheap substitutes of uh, more, more this, more that, more, more money, more, more, more attention, more, more of what I crave. Am I still chasing the, 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 the idol of more, or am I finding satisfaction in who he is and in where I am and who he's placed in my life? He's saying here that when you sit down at my table, I open up the whole cupboard for you. There's green beans in there. There's corn in there. I open up the whole cupboard for you. It's all yours. Come sit at my table and find satisfaction in me. That's the only place really you're going to find it. So as we wrap up a question and an observation, that's this. How long has it been since you've experienced real satisfaction from God? How long has it been since you've experienced real satisfaction from him? A few days? A few decades? Something in between? How long since he's really satisfied you? Since you've You've been greened up. You've been, you've been filled back up again. You've, you've sensed his presence again afresh and where, where, where you're all in again. You've been refreshed again. You, you've, been, you've gathered some harvest again. You've, you've been truly satisfied. How long has that been since you've been to that place? Can I share with you today that he wants to use this table this morning to bring you to that place. And it has nothing to do with the bread or the fruit of the vine that's sitting here. Nothing to do with either of those two things. More to do with him than what you partake of. He wants you to find satisfaction in him, pursuing him, because as I said, he opens it all up for us day after day after day after day, every day, not just today.